The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after show hey it's the after show it's wednesday hi boys and girls it's the after show the show after we did the regular show on Saturday that we put out on Wednesday, only on audio version. So you're here because you subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for that. But you should go over to YouTube and Facebook and subscribe over there, too, so you can actually see this mess on the regular show. Anyway, that being said, the big news this week in the cigar industry was that a retail shop was closing down. But it was more than that. It was Nat Sherman, not only a retail shop, but a, a brand uh, basically a private label brand, right? It was, yeah. a, it was a store brand. and uh, the, Make the, it a boutique. Yeah. And uh, the, the fact is, though, that this has been around for 90 years. So it's an institution. The story of a tobacconist, a cigar shop worker, and the owner were talking about Nat Sherman cigars. So just to bring you up to speed and to bring you back into history, Nat Sherman was born a poor guy. Born from Hungarian parents who came to New York City. And uh, Nat was a self-made guy. He started uh, as a self-employed guy with a pool parlor in New York. Barry, you're a New York guy. I don't know if you know all the stuff that I'm going to say, but I'm going to bring you up to speed. That I didn't know. It's a different kind of parlor than what you're used to. Yes. Yes. The ones I go to, I tend to leave feeling happy. Okay. Why wouldn't you leave happy from the pool parlor unless you uh, got your hit ball with a stick there. or something? Your balls <laughs> broken. broken. Yeah, <laughs> there's something. There. I'll handle breaking his balls from here on in. Yeah, okay. although you are sinking them in the pocket, so it is kind of the same thing. So yeah, I guess you'd be happy leaving a pool parlor. So righty. So Nat Sherman's a person, just so everybody knows that uh, he opened a cigar shop in New York City in 1930. So that was 90 years ago. 1400 Broadway, that was the first location of the store. He stayed there for 48 years at the same exact location, 48 years. Later, moving to Fifth Avenue for the next 20 years. There's 60 years in the cigar business of Nat Sherman. From one brick-and-mortar retailer to another, holy shit. Really good. Unbelievable. Uh, Nat Sherman died in 1990 at the age of 86 from heart failure. I never got to meet Nat Sherman. I wanted to. I tried to. My loss. I visited the Fifth Avenue location while Nat owned it, but I never saw him. Although I never met him, I followed his every move and paid attention to what he did. Nat Sherman was a great businessman in my eyes, and I watched what he did. I heard he was a tough man, a hard negotiator, but also I would hear the stories of how he knew how to party. This guy would show up at um, all the... Um, Fancy places, 
fancy, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that, you know, you'd read in those columns. And over the years, uh, I heard lots of stories about him. He was a salesman, a showman, and he always put himself up front. Uh, famous, yet he was the cigar shop owner. In New York, people in those days knew who Nat Sherman was. Uh, Nat Sherman imported Cuban cigars, and he operated a mail-order cigar, cigarette, and tobacco catalog. So he was a guy that did it all. Can you see where I got some of my stuff from? Yeah. It was Nat Sherman, right? I, I followed this guy. If you're wondering um, who's the guy that I kind of looked at early on. Has anyone ever but, referred to you as Little Nat? Little Nat, no. You, you didn't follow him on the party aspect, though. You're no, I wasn't a party, party person. But you know something? Here I am, a cigar shop owner, doing a podcast and putting myself up front. Um, it was part of it. I pushed pushed that back for the longest time and stuff. But mm -hmm. if, if you look at that, I mean, listen, I'm nowhere near what Nat Sherman accomplished. But there was the guy that I looked up to of – this is how he did it and did it the right way. If there was a tobacconist I, I idolized, it was Nat Sherman. He was an entrepreneur. Another one was Zeno Davidoff. These were the two guys that I looked at as cigar shop owners. Look at Zeno Davidoff for what he's doing. Look at Nat Sherman, what he's doing. Nat Sherman called himself the tobacconist of the world. And he was because he was in New York City where people from all over the world went and they ended up seeing him, and that was his idea of his catalog, to keep his customers coming yeah. back, even though they moved away or just was visiting. He was world-renowned and respected. Again, I heard some other stories about him of being a hot-ass guy and things like that, but that's part of the, the business aspect of what it is. Nat Sherman, the man, and what he created was good for the cigar industry, and it gave the cigar industry class. When you went into the Nat Sherman store and they were dressed up as opposed to going into discount places that existed in New York at the time, this actually made it look like it was the classy place to go. And that I visited it to see what that was all about because I was the working man's type of thing. Let me see what this was all about. In 1990, after Nat's passing, the business went to Nat Sherman's first son from his first marriage, Joel. Before meeting Joel, I met Michelle. That's Joel's daughter and Nat's granddaughter, who went to college in Boston in the early 1990s. Michelle came to two guys weekly and met up with their rep, the Nat Sherman rep, Howard Smith. No kidding. Yep. And they would push the Nat Sherman stuff on me every single week. Howard Smith. Is that Uncle Howie? Yes. Ah. Michelle was and is a wonderful woman, and uh, so was their product. They made good stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't going to make cheap, bundle crappy stuff. It was always good quality stuff. Later, I met Michelle's dad, Joel. He was a nice man. He was an educated man. He wrote books. He spoke about our rights uh, and wrote books about it. I met his wife, his sons, a simply wonderful family all around. After Nat's passing and over the years, there were changes at Nat Sherman's. Factories that made the cigars changed. The biggest uh, distri distribution agreement that happened was taking Nat Sherman's and giving it to J.R. Santa Clara, um, where the brand was basically gutted and ruined at that time. What a shame to see that was at when I started discontinuing Nat Sherman's and not carrying it anymore. Um, they, they ruined the brand name and the value of what Nat Sherman was, which was a high-end perceived 
uh, beautiful product, and it became in the discount bins across there, um, devastating the brand, and it was sad to see. The store moved from their second location at that point to the Fifth Ave location, um, from the Fifth Ave location to 42nd Street, where the retail store continued. The retail <coughs> store even had a name of the store, not just Nat Sherman, but the townhouse, again, showing the high end of what this is, and um, looking at it myself could, listen, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and a cigar store business owner, can a store of that caliber succeed selling cigars? And I always said it couldn't. There's no way it made a profit. Just looking at it as I'm doing the same thing they were, how is it possible could possibly make a, product, make a profit? And the answer is, I believe still to this day, it couldn't. And that was bec- and, it, and it stayed in business because it was showcasing, much was like the Davidoff big, shop. Big commercial. Yeah. Big commercial. Uh, and there it was. But to pay that kind of rent in selling a $6 cigar, $10 cigar or something, it just, it just doesn't add up to be able to end up doing it. So Nat Sherman continues, and um, as I say, the brand is, is pretty much gutted because of um, they, they diminished the value of the brand, which must have hurt it also having the townhouse at that time. But um, then enters Michael Herklotz, another cigar retailer. In 2000, Michael started out in a push cart at the Prudential Center in Boston selling cigars, and I remember when this push cart opened up, and he was the guy that stood in there, and I remember going through there and seeing him set up. Uh, later, he leaves the push cart and starts working for Gloucester Street Cigars in Boston. That's right off Newberry Street. And before heading to New York City for the Davidoff retail store, there was a man that ran the Gloucester Street Cigar. His name was David Kitchens, and the guy that worked for him was Michael Herklotz. And when Davidoff recruited Michael um, David Kitchens to go to New York, Michael Herklotz went with him. Ah. And I'll tell you, um, everybody referred, I don't know, but everybody referred, I'd always hear it, of Dave Kitchens, who was the ultimate um, customer service type of guy. And listen, I competed him with him when in Boston. I had three stores, and they had that store. This guy would handwrite letters to the customer that came in for the first time saying, thanks for coming in. And, you know, he was just over and above customer service. That's what Davidoff was looking for. Uh, Michael Herklotz, who was learning from him, um, they would call Kitchens and Kitchenette, which was was Michael Herklotz. And, um, but I'll tell you. That's um, not nice. That's what they did. And uh, I'm sure Michael knows. It, It was said to him that, but, um, Dave Kitchens go to New York, goes to New York, starts really moving the Davidoff store along with, with, with Mike Kirklotz, and um, Dave Kitchens leaves to go somewhere else, and Michael Herklotz steps in and actually takes it to the next level. So there is the student that actually did better than than um, the teacher. The teacher. Um, and you could see the changes that would happen at Davidoff at that point. Not that there was anything wrong with where it was, but it just goes to the next level. And um, in January 2017, oh, no, in 2011, um, maybe about eight years later or so, 
um, Michael Hercloth <coughs> leaves Davidoff, and this I remember be, um, being a mutual agreed pawn type thing or whatever. Who knows if Michael Lefter was asked to leave or how it worked? I don't know. I don't know the exact answer to that, but I know he went immediately to his competitor down the street, which was the Nat Sherman uh, townhouse, and he started not only working the store, but now trying to clean up the mess that happened to Nat Sherman, which was the, you know, it was perceived as a closeout brand. It was uh, majorly discounted. He ends up uh, cleaning that up to my amazement. You know, sometimes you think something's too far gone to end up coming back, sure. but he did a wonderful job. Um, and changed Nat Sherman to back to where it used to be. In January 2017, it was announced that Altria, the parent company to Philip Morris, that's Marlboro Cigarettes, bought Nat Sherman for a reported $1 billion. And Michael Herklotz went from the position he was in to the vice president right now because the Sherman's family themselves were out. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, watching um, Michael from 2000 and at that point, 17 years later, this is what I love about the business, watching all these people grow, the people, the companies, everything that, that did it. Oh, my God. I mean, this this guy becomes- Very polished. Wow. Um, so proud of Michael for what he did. Watch him climb over the years. Uh, another, you know, I look at it as a Boston success type of thing. Boston guy do, does well. Uh, he he had actually come to Boston because uh, he went to school in Boston for music. He's originally from uh, Northern Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, Altria was already in the cigar business, kind of, um, with a, what I'll call, a drug paraphernalia cigar, basically, the Black and Miles. Yeah. And they bought that, again, for lots and lots of money. And here they are buying Nat Sherman. But they purchased Nat Sherman not for the cigars. Of course. Uh, they bought it for the cigarettes. For the, the thing about Nat Sherman cigarettes and why they wanted Nat Sherman cigarettes is because it was an all-natural cigarette. And you know FDA, what we're dealing with FDA. You can't come out with new products. Well, they've been, cigarette companies been dealing with it for many, many years. And Nat Sherman wanted, I mean, uh, Philip Morris needed a all-natural cigarette to go up against American Spirit, which was their competitor's brand. Yeah. So they needed something like that. So they overpaid. They did whatever they had to do, and they got this Nat Sherman company. But again, Philip Morris was in the cigar business, kind of, and here they are with a premium brand that as soon as it happened, it was going to be, they're going to gut this thing and throw it away like Dunhill ended up doing, you know, let's get rid of Dunhill. Um, but they didn't, which was the weird thing. If you remember, we were talking um, when that happened and saying, oh, my God, they're in. They didn't gut the brand. So maybe they are going to start buying all kinds of cigar companies right. and just be the, the, be, the, the, be the champion of their. Uh, the first thing was they were going to gut it, but they didn't. So now what does it become? Oh, my God, they might end up, wiping everybody out because they can uh, anytime they want. And uh, is that going to happen? So British American Tobacco, they own Dunhill cigars and cigarettes, including Newports, Camels, and the Natural American Spirit. So here we have BAT, British American Tobacco. They're the cigarette people, and they got the all-natural cigarette, and they have Dunhill cigars. Phil Morris comes in, and just like the cigar industry, a lot of copycat stuff that goes on. 
you see Philip Morris. They've got to round out their portfolio. And they're going to do what, what they did. And then Dunhill now says, okay, we're going to gut Dunhill cigars. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to throw it away. And they did. At that point, now you look at Nat Sherman and you go, okay, now Philip Morris is looking at Nat Sherman and saying, what am I doing here? Because they realize it takes three years to make the tobacco, to roll it, sure. to box it. To, you know, we're, we're, we're in a, a money-making machine and we're looking at this long play of the cigar industry. They don't like it. It really is. It's a business you have to be passionate right. about to be in. And let's not forget, I'll tell you through the whole premium cigar industry under the bus in their 2018 oh, yeah. statement when they said that they believe all premium cigars should be regulated. Which made me think while that was happening, you know, they had a pawn in this. They owned a cigar company. And they were able to say that while being the owner of a company. And they were looked upon as, look, they must be telling the truth because they they oh, a, they're going to hurt themselves. Pony in the but race, it, so to but speak. it was a teeny little thing. So did they hold it on as the pawn that this was? I think so. I think that's what was going on. But August 4th, 2020, after trying to find a buyer for the company without being able to use the Nat Sherman name, which was, by the way, yes, you can buy Nat Sherman. You can have um, the lease on the townhouse, which is going to gut your company. Unless you've got an awful lot of money, it's, it ought to bury you because it can't be profitable. Um, and if you do buy all these Nat Sherman brands, you can't use the Nat Sherman name on it. So that has to go away too. So what is the value of this thing? What, what a risky type thing this they announced they are shutting down the Nat Sherman altogether. The brands, the store, everything's closed. Now, just for for people who haven't paid attention for the years like you have, the they can't use Nat Sherman on the cigars or they can't use it on the cigarettes either? On the cigars. Just the cigars. Because they're going to use it on cigarettes. But they're not, they're not willing to let somebody take their Nat Sherman name. Gotcha. That they have a cigarette. Like if they had Marlboro. If I went to Philip Morris and I said, hey, I'll give you $100,000 if you let me use the Marlboro name on my cigar. They would say, what are you, out of your mind? Yeah. You know what the value of yeah. Marlboro is? Well, they're going to do the same to Nat Sherman. They're going to take Nat Sherman, which is the number seven, six, at the time, the number seven cigarette company uh, in the United States, and they're going to actually, you know, they rolled it into number one. Yep. So it's in there as the top one. So this is big tobacco stuff. This is, you know. It's real business. Yeah. The, the cigar industry, the premium cigar industry is a joke to them. For them to throw away something that they could sell. If, if The whole series, right? That's their biggest selling yeah. thing. If I called them up and said, you know what, I'll give you $200,000 right now for the, for the whole series, right. just the rights to it, just a piece of paper. Yeah. Just give me the rights to end up doing it. They'd say, no way. Yeah. It, they'd rather throw it away right. than take $200,000. Yeah, it's, you know, a dollar to me. No, not to you, but to yeah. me. It's a dollar to, you know, it's like but, a dollar to me. Yeah, because you're talking about billions and billions of dollars here. So th that was how I've been. What My my hate relationship with, with Altria is you have to know your enemy and know you cannot defeat them, right? The Sin Tzu out of war. You know who the, they are. You cannot defeat them. They will spend a fortune. They'll spend more than the value of you just to wipe you out. You can't, you can't fight them. The cigar industry, the premium cigar industry, cannot beat them, no matter what. The whole industry together can't beat them all by themselves. 
when cigarette companies were getting into the cigar business, it was bad for the cigar industry. When Nat Sherman was bought out by Altria, we discontinued Nat Sherman cigars that day. Correct. Because I knew what was going to happen. Oh, Dave, you act like you knew what was going to happen. I was in the cigarette business. I know how they play. It's not that they're evil because that's the way they play. It's business. It's strictly business. They're not coming after David Garofalo. They're doing what can move the number for them. And whatever falls in their way along with it and gets hurt and destructed by it, so be it. Exactly. Uh, although I feel bad for the workers of Nat Sherman, uh, the factories that produce the cigars, which may be wiped out at this point, and anyone associated with it, Altria getting out is good for the cigar industry. And I'm going to say the same to Altadis. Altadis, um, who is being sold out right now from uh, um, Imperial Tobacco, yep. who is big into the cigarette industry, Imperial Tobacco getting out of the premium cigar industry is good for the cigar industry. BAT getting out of the cigar industry is good for the cigar industry. Uh, never liked when they got in there, got scared of what was going to happen, and it was never good when it ended up doing that. So I think uh, it's terrible it is as a 90-year-old company uh, is gone and somebody that I idolized, the company I idolized of what it is, uh, because of who purchased them and they're gone, is going to, is, is for, for me, for the industry, not for Two guy smoke shop for the industry is whew, okay. They're out because I was always scared of the actions that they took, and we saw those actions yeah. that they took. All of a sudden, uh, Altria writes a press release saying something negative about the cigar industry. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I always worried about. Hey, Let- well, you saw it going into Congress and the, the halls, and as soon as you'd be done arguing on behalf of the cigar industry, yeah. they would go in and unravel well, everything. Everything that ended up happening. Just just one guy goes in with a briefcase, and I'm like, oh, no. And it doesn't matter. There was 50 of us walking the halls for three days. One guy goes in with a briefcase. I don't know what's in that briefcase, but it's, o- it's over for us at that point. Nat Sherman, the man, and Nat Sherman, the company, was a big part of the cigar industry. Um, the Nat Sherman family, the demise is part of collateral damage. That's all. Um, they were just in the way of big tobacco, and they are a casualty left behind. It's sad to see um, what happened to Nat Sherman, that it's gone. Uh, I think it would, they were great for the cigar industry when it, when, when, uh, it wasn't owned uh, there or being gutted. It had, it's had its issues and things like that. But um, Who, at this point, uh, not to change the subject, but uh, Michael Herklotz is out of a job. So big, big part of what he did. So you know what? He he did an unbelievable resume uh, in those few years. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, um, 2017 to 20. Three years. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, riding the helm while some bad stuff was going on, while, while press releases yeah. came out bad and, and how he handled it what. So he showed that he is really good at what, at what he does. So, again, very proud of you, Michael, if you happen to be hearing this. Uh, you showed who you are, and you did it with a lot of class and dignity uh, in tough, tough times right. of a guy that uh, he could even he could become a politician. He's that good yeah. to end up uh, handling some of that. Um, does a company like Davidoff look at him and say, well, he already well, he worked was there. in the store, but... 
he was there? Did I think that he went to the competitor and that's negative? That would be career suicide for Dylan Austin if he hired Michael Harklotz. Because Michael Harklotz outshines him. And I think it would put his job in jeopardy. And because of that, he wouldn't have the balls. No, because I think that's like saying keeping Avo on as a brand ambassador. That was a brand ambassador. But he's a guy that was president of Nat Sherman. He could be the he could be president of Nat Sherman and president of Davidoff is a mile away from each other. No, but you got that 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 taste of power. And granted, you never saw him. You know wield that power he never came off that way but does Listen, he want to go back to working under somebody no he would want that person's job he's in he, he right now a- right now i think he's a new york city guy and lives there and lives that lifestyle so whatever it is i think you know he ain't a guy that's gonna go down to miami i don't think and uh Run us a anybody, yeah. anybody. I don't do see that. You know, you know what? You know, maybe he liked this whole. You know, I resurrected Nat Sherman. Who else can I resurrect? Maybe. And the Casada girls have nothing to do with the Casada family anymore. He's always been close to Manolo. Maybe he goes and goes. I'm going to rebuild Manolo. Boy, if he could do that, my <laughs> God, that's that's that that would be huge because now he's the guy that's done it twice. And you can even argue it would be a third time because when I lived well, in New York, so I, I gotta, he put I, I Davidoff gotta, back on the map in New York. I got to push back a little of he's resurrected it. It closed its doors <laughs> and went out of business and sold for zero. Yeah, but is that a success story? It, but you got to look at the at the at the players in that. And it, oh, uh, I understand. Right, and it was out Listen, oh. But when he came on the board, with, when he came on board with Nat Sherman, like you said, it was it was. Destroyed. It became a discount brand. And do, do, you think, do, you think, do you think his top level bosses from Altria look at him and say, "This guy was dynamite. What a success! We just closed the doors and, and got nothing they, for it." I they think probably they, never even heard of him. I think they, <laughs> I think they respected him to a degree that they allowed to try to sell Nat Sherman, and I think that was out of respect for what Herklotz was doing as a but company he man. But he didn't. Well, they say that because of COVID and whether that's and, true or listen, not. Well, it didn't help. Right. Close, I, mean, I thought close La for three months. I thought La Polina was going to be a play because he's always wanted to own a, a location in New York City. That was such a tough sell, man. Yeah. There was no way. And I, I know some people that went forward and stuff and looked and said, oh, my God. You, you had to have some guys that really loved it. And said, I'm, I'm, I have billions of dollars and I happen to love this company and I'm going to put it in because I love it. It's a love buy because financially, uh, that was a tough one, man. To do the math, you know, the value of a company is, say, two and a half times earnings. Right. To make it in its simplest things. You know, there's many, many ways to do it, EBITDA and all that stuff. But let's say the, the, the bottom end profit of the company is $100 at the end of the year. Mm. It profited after paying every single thing off is $100. The company is worth $250. If the company made zero, two and a half times zero is zero. If it made negative, you know, if you ever watch um, Shark Tank and they and somebody's asking a lot of money for their company and they end up evaluating oh, yeah. it. On paper, it's a horrible buy. Correct. But it on had to paper be, and in reality, on it's somebody a who buy. has pride of New York or, or pride of or, or desire to be bigger in the cigar industry can't put pride in the bank. I mean, look at look at Bill Paley. You know, the the father 
once in the in the thirties wanted to go into a club. They wouldn't let him in the club. He was like, "Do you know who I am?" They don't. I don't care who you are. He bought the building, tore down the building, and put Paley Park there. Right. So this is a guy. This is a family That's, that has fuck you money. Right. So and he's that was the only person was going to buy. And if right. there, and if there was ever a place that had those guys that hung around, they went to Nat Sherman. Those people sat. The people would fuck you money was sitting in that room smoking cigars. Yes. So he had all that time to get those people and get a group together or something end up doing. And I know he was trying to do it, obviously, right. and stuff. But then again, these guys are business people and they're not stupid. You're not mm-hmm. gonna, you know, geez, I would love to do it, it'd be a lot of fun and stuff, but I'm not just I'm not going down that rabbit hole and, and, and do it. And it, obviously it didn't end up happening. And all those people at Nat Sherman, which is why I think the thing is He's not going to stay in the cigar industry. Miss, you know, Michael, Mr. GQ, Herklotz, if you look at him, he's gentleman personified. He's going to wind up with a watch company, a luxury car company. He's going to wind up with an Working average, for? Working for? Yeah, in, in, in an executive position, perhaps. But he's going to wind up working with somebody who advertises or is featured in aficionado that isn't a cigar company. How about this? How about that he becomes the owner of one of them? Of something. How about if if he reached out to Altria and say, "Listen, you, you, I got because I have a contract here. I'm sure there's a contract where he has years left on his on his thing. He's still getting paid, right? Yeah. You got to imagine he had a contract sure. and they got to pay right. him." Right? David said they terminated him. They just said they get rid of. I think him. September, Sherman. October, right? Well, they're not Sherman, brand. okay? Yeah. So they're going to either have to pay him out or teach him how to do something else in the right. company. The answer is going to be a payout. Right. Instead of the payout, that brand that says host, can I have that? You're throwing it away anyway. Don't give me the money and give mm. me that. I'm allowed to use the host name. I'm allowed to own the host name. Mm. Sign that over to me. And now the host series is owned by him, mm. and now he's a brand owner with, with a grandfathered in product. And instead of working for somebody, which he's been doing his whole life, mm. now he owns a company. And he has a relationship with the Dominican factory that he was redoing yeah. the cigars through. Yeah. And he can do a series of events, you know, hosted by Michael Harklotz. Yeah. And yeah, it could he, work. He could, he, could be a, he could become an owner instead of um, a whole bunch of people. And I know a whole bunch of people reached out to him because I'm one of them. I reached out to him three years ago and said, okay, when something goes, when something goes yeah. terribly wrong, Please give me a shot at you. Yeah. My phone didn't ring. Okay. So, uh, it was him. It was him. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't coming to New Hampshire from New York. <laughs> I, I get it, Mike. I get it. Uh, but he's good. Yes. He's good, and he would be an asset to any company as a front man to go out there. Um, you know, I did on TAA. I was the guy that went up and did the um, Dream Machine. Dream Machine, yeah. And uh, after I got done uh, with my six years in there or whatever I ended up doing, um, they had to get somebody else to do it because I'm still a TAA, but I'm the guy in the, in the audience, not on the board. And uh, it was him. And I got to be honest. I think I did a good job. He's better than me. He's good. He is. Yeah, he's he is. good. Uh, he made it very, very entertaining. And, uh, you know, he, he's a front man. So he he is either going to be the front man to a cigar company, like you say, or can, you know, you say he's going to go at a watch company or a clothing company or something. He has to start from day one. You're talking he's in his 40s now, right? He's right. got to be in his 40s. 
and start up from there at that point where everybody knows him, it'd be very hard to start start again as opposed to just walking here and somebody's going to give him a big six-figure job um, just to... You know, uh, he always did a fundraiser for the school he went to, Killingly. Yeah. Maybe he mm. takes an executive position, president of Killingly. He raised, I hope he stays in he the He raised money every year for them, so maybe that's a possibility. He's still... True to his heart. Yeah, I hope he stays in. Michael, you did a good job. Nat Sherman, wherever you are, um, I idolized you. You were uh, a great entrepreneur, and uh, I followed your career. I know your history, and uh, I'm going to keep it going, and maybe uh, someday somebody will close my company down and uh, sell it for nothing, and it's over. Who knows how it goes. But uh, Nat Sherman is rolling in his grave right now. That's what's happening there, but that's the way it goes. They got a billion dollars for you anyway. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time. We'll see you as we uh, blindfold ourselves next week. It's the blind taste test. Kinky. Kinky. Stick the linen in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.